the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. Well, good afternoon. Good afternoon, and welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Milton Glick along with... Am I supposed to be able to hear you? Yeah, you should be, but I'm not sure. Yeah, that's weird. All right. Can you still not hear me? No. All right. Okay, well, let's see. I could hear the uh, announcer. Yeah, but I know we're sending something back, so... Al, are you getting us back there? You were before. Jerry, see if you can hear him. All right. Oh, two one oh three. I was oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's vengeance. <laughs> Can you hear that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I was in the middle of the ocean, and it was an elf. I mean, a whale. Communicating. <laughs> oh well, there we go. Uh, Welcome. <laughs> And I was looking forward for you to say your <laughs> to normal. To be here? No, your normal. Another beautiful day here. Actually, I'm going to go for the, uh, it's a pretty day for because it's raining. Yeah. And this is it. Huh? This is what we've been missing, all these. Yeah. Yeah, gosh. Let's see. Uh, you said that this is going to, I know Laura said that this is predicted to continue. Yeah. And I, I read I read something or heard it that uh, one of the forecasters said uh, Somewhere between a half and an inch and a quarter between for the next 24 hours. Not heavy, but steady. Oh. And, but it, and, but, but yeah. it also would not, it was not going to end the drought. We had no, a long I, ways to go. <laughs> they say that? that no, the, the, what column did. He, oh, you did. I think it was in the Sunday paper today. Well, this evening's rain, they say 90% chance. New precipitation amounts between a half and three quarters, and today is between a tenth and a quarter. Ah. So I guess it's going to be a little heavier tonight. I Sounds told like you, I got a drop, you know. You got more than a drop. You yesterday. No, uh, oh, yesterday. Yeah, he says he got a drop, and I can see on his shirt it looks yeah. like he's been yeah, swimming. Did you get a couple drops on your shirt, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Either that or he's swimming in the mud puddles, like uh, my Westies. But, uh, all right, what are you doing? You ready? Are you are you with us now? Huh? Yeah. You with us now? Oh, he's trying to arrange those. Uh, uh, I want to see, make sure he doesn't Oh, we're on there? Yes, we're on the air. Oh, hell. Calvin, can you hear me? Uh, yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> For a while, I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> it's, it's that quietness that's here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
right, 210-308-8867. In fact, it might be a little too low. Oh, is it? Okay, hang on. Now that I'm getting my hearing back. Okay. I'll, I'll fix that. There we go. All right. Uh, there, that should be better. All right, 210-308-8867 is our number. 210-308-8867. And let me just make sure that's in nice and snug. All right. Yeah, I got. I found this article on the Internet. Don't be turning that up. <laughs> I found this article on the Internet. It says... It's about more eating bugs? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh said harsh weather yields some positives at the Dallas Arboretum plant trials. Huh. What does all that mean? Huh? What does that mean? Well, that means uh, their plants got tested in hot and dry. (laughs) Said the summer growing season in Dallas was much harder and longer than expected. We had more than 40 days with weather above 100 degrees and our night temperatures around 80 degrees for most of the season. This made for a very difficult trial season. And unfortunately, a good portion of the entries died Mm. over the course of the season. Now, does that... Does that sound like a place that we've lived for a little while? Yeah. Every summer. And that's why uh, uh, the uh, 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 lower bush petunia was burst out of that condition. Because when we, uh, Greg made the cross, of course, and picked the candidates... And we put it, we uh, uprooted them and uh, planted them out at Versta Farm out there where we do our tomatoes. <clears throat> and planted them in the summer in July. And it was hot as hell. Because they got irrigation. Yeah. But I mean, it was so hot, we lost probably 80% of them, the transplant. And uh, then went into the winter. I don't think I've ever heard him admit that just heat can can uh, destroy plants, even if they got a lot of water. Yeah. Well. Because <laughs> I say, you know, especially in containers, you yeah. see that, or even our some of our toughest plants, like yeah. uh, oh, your well, your favorite. Well, we've tested most of them out there on the field conditions in that kind of weather. So we went through the winter. We had a cold winter out there. And then uh, spring came, and we had a late hard frost, a high frost, a low frost. And uh, and out of that, there were about uh, originally 200 plants, and all that was left after those several conditions was lower bush, which... Uh, that's where we we harvested the seed from those. So that plant was tested in extreme heat, drought fairly well, and uh, cold. Yeah. Uh, are yours growing, Milton? 
<laughs> no. Oh. Right now, should they be? Well, some of mine are going, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's where they got their cu- toughness. And where that but but you, can, you can really tell what, that, that the condi- conditions that they're growing are different. Because the size of the flower and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and how many blooms and yeah, yeah. the foliage, how lush the foliage looks. <laughs> Over the course of summer alone, this is in Dallas, last, this last summer, we trial 450 different varieties in three different areas. We had uh, in-ground trials, container trials, and hanging basket trials that lasted from mid-May until early September. Overall, the trial went well considering the weather conditions. Many of the entries did die over the course of the season, but that showed us what what really, truly survived our harsh and sometimes unpredictable summer conditions. So that's that's why all the trials that we've do, done here in San Antonio, uh, we pretty much have that weather every summer and winter. Uh, that's why when we choose a Texas superstar that's been through those conditions, we're comfortable in saying that uh, you got a real winter there. <laughs> Well, we got a, uh, if you're uh, kind of transferring over to another issue on, uh, related, uh, the column on on Saturday, we talk about uh, the, those winter weeds uh, coming up, f- finally coming up. And mm. uh, I'm finding more and more folks uh, uh, do not recognize you know that uh, rescue grass and Jerry's bluegrass. Oh, yeah. oh man, my looks, bluegrass looks lush, beautiful. Yeah, some people think it's their regular lawn grass, and some <laughs> people don't know for sure what it is. And so it's a that's kind of an interesting discussion. One of the things, Trace, is the exploration of the of those various uh, herbicides, like you know, you know, we talk about on the. On a shady area like mostly in my neighborhood, uh, rye, the rescue grass is coming up. It's lush, kind of real even. So now you would mow it. But if some folks wanted to uh, kill it, uh, it gets relatively easy in the uh, flower garden or in the shrub shrub border. What would you, you, you use... Uh, one of the grass be gone or yeah grass be gone and then there's a that one i always forget the name of big white bottle i know what you mean fusillate is the ingredient yeah (laughs) oh gosh yeah it's my favorite too and i can't i can uh, well but i know i've brought it up here before because none of us could remember the name you're catching our uh, but that so that that is an option then uh the other a lot of the uh Oh, chickweed and uh, yeah, henbit, and a lot of those broadleaves are are coming up yeah now too. And, and that uh, weed-free zone take care of that. Yeah, weed-free zone is out there. Well, we got the weed-free zone and a lot of options, don't we? I mean, you got to. Yeah. We've got a hose in. We've got two or three different sizes of just concentrate. We've got at least one size of ready to use. I think two. Yeah. And now's the time to get them when they're real small. 
They can pretty well de- depend on anything that's green out there. But I you spray and go that weed be gone. I find I, I find it's hard for some gardeners, including me, to kill the this nice level lush oh, yeah. rescue grass growing just like you wish your lawn were growing. Yeah. Yeah. Or there and then I say, Yeah, get that get that savage grass be gone or <laughs> I ain't well, doing it. I'm just gonna mow it. Enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> green is green. Exactly. That's what I say. So yeah. you, you will be you'll be sorry later. Uh, so <laughs> we always mm-hmm. when they uh, bed straw. Of course, we'll have some interesting discussions. So, so who actually mows, Milton? You or your wife? Not me. It's okay. my job. All right. Yeah, I enjoy it. I get the radio on. It's my wife's job. So I, oh. then, as long as it's green, I'm happy. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, it's actually quite quite rewarding in its own little way. <laughs> you know, well, I don't know if you believe it, but Jerry is doing good, good going to do a feature article on uh, the uh, sustainable. Ornament, sustainable winter lawn. There you go. And I found your original article. Did you? And uh, how long I, ago was that? Oh, oh nine. Uh, let's see. Nineteen, nineteen oh nine. Yeah, nineteen oh nine. Two thousand nine. So it's been a good, good time. Yeah, yeah. But I found it. It's, I was trying to do the math, Milton. Uh, from nineteen oh nine to now. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Uh, don't even try. <laughs> but it's uh, he'd break some records. Eighty. Yeah, it's a good article. And then I went into. Uh, I don't even think we had radio then. <laughs> Just the paper. Uh, I went into Neil Sperry's uh, questions and answers and his mention of bluegrass. And uh, I found four blue, bluegrass, he, uh, four mentions where he's got, he's got pictures of people complaining about the bluegrass. Does he have a skeleton face with the, yeah, X, the cross X up there? That's coming. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I found about uh, four articles, about five. And then I, I was found the one I was looking for, where he, he says in the bottom of his uh, herb, herbicide uh, mentioning that... Uh, they're finding that uh, the bluegrass has developed a uh, resistance to all of the products that we uh, recommend. Ah. And that's a good thing. Depends well, on, it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, the deal, Neil showed. Can you can you see Jerry? <laughs> the, the, the TV will have. The protesters, uh. <laughs> yeah, and the same, you know, the, all the uh, progressive protests and issues. Yeah, yeah. And then Jerry will be protect bluegrass, save, uh, protect save bluegrass. the bluegrass, save the bluegrass. <laughs> well, when, uh, when Jerry uses the terms rescue grass, he means it. Yeah, it's I, time to rescue the grass. <laughs> I hope he realizes, though, that he'll have more impact, more positive impact on bluegrass if he does not relate it to his affection for roaches. No, uh, no. <laughs> but it, anyway, I found found a lit, where Neil admits that uh, that bluegrass has developed a resistance. Well, you know that can be a positive part of your paper. Uh, you know, c- 
competent authority uh, transitions to a different belief about bluegrass. There you go. Yeah, and then you can, well, uh, he can appear to be a, <laughs> a hero of uh, uh, changing his mind. <laughs> well, the thing is that uh, what's interesting about that bluegrass, of course, anybody that's grown up with bluegrass, they want bluegrass. And uh, A&M has been, and all the grass people, have been working for years to get a bluegrass that's uh, adapted to Texas because everybody is used to it from the north. It's a beautiful grass, soft and... uh, Easy to grow. Yet we've got a... Drought tolerant? We've got a bluegrass... Well, that comes uh, if up you, by if itself. Uh, yeah, if you're in three foot of organic material, you, oh, okay. you, you can be afford yeah. to be pretty drought tolerant. Yeah, it's re it's reseeding bluegrass. Right, that's true. Sort of so is. yeah, you don't have to. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, Neil shows these big clumps of bluegrass. Well, so morons hadn't been mowing it. Just like you mow bluegrass in the northern areas, you have to mow them down here in the winter. But to keep them like a golf course. And uh, this uh, poor Anna, 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 A-N-N-A, which is uh, the bluegrass we have, uh, is all over the United States. And uh, Neil had some good pictures of him going to seed, you know, a former seed seed. But if you mow it, that only happens late in the spring when all bl- that bluegrass is going dormant and disappearing. So what I also have with this article is how to collect the seed. Seed's easy to collect, and and they make... Now this is what you used of to millions say. Millions of seeds. You used to say that it was just impossible to collect uh, this this seed here in Texas. Yeah, yeah. It could be because, what, because they weren't doing it right, or because it. Uh, oh well, I can't get the seed. Nobody's collecting the seed, uh, but it's easy to either reseed oh, your okay. lawn or share with neighbors because uh, all you got to do is. Let it go to seed. Let the seed turn brown. And there's a lot of seed in each each, uh, cap, each capsule. And uh, we debated this, but I, I guess the will they like uh, bluegrass seed rather than t- uh, tomato excess tomatoes <laughs> from the. Yeah, well, thanks, yeah, Jerry. Yeah. And what happened to the tomatoes we usually get? Yeah. <laughs> but more, all you have to do is wait till the seed turns brown and uh, mow it with a grass catcher, a lawn catcher, and then give that to your neighbors if they want some pretty grass like you got. And uh, all they have to do is just uh, sprinkle out that uh, those clippings, and that'll put it in. And I did this in in my yard. Uh, luckily, I took the pictures in uh, last uh, fall when they, after they I let them go to seed. And uh, so I'm going to have those 
how to collect, grow and collect your own seed because you can't buy the seed. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm very happy with the way that my yard looks now. I mean, <laughs> I got to take some pictures. Uh, it's solid green, which was dirt, was uh, dry soil. And, uh, Tell me about it. Yeah. Solid, beautiful <laughs> green. And uh, I haven't gotten Jeremy to mow it yet, but it's going to be killing when I mow it. And uh, it's, it's how tall? It's how tall a, are you going to mow it? Uh, about like St. Augustine. That tall? Yeah. Uh, or, or lower, like three and a half inches? Yeah. But uh, that, yeah, that may be may have to experiment a little bit. But. Yeah. Well, I was trying to remember what they mowed uh, bluegrass in the north. I can't either. <laughs> Maybe we can look that up. Yeah. But uh, I, I took some of Neil's pictures and his descriptions of how horrible it was. And then I'm going to have my pictures. Oh, okay. Beautiful bluegrass. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. On a nice rainy day here at Millburgers. Uh, we're live on the porch, 1604 and Bull Road. And uh, uh, still out here, people out here shopping. They're just shopping maybe a little quicker. Uh, 210-308 is our number. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Give Al a call, and then he'll get you on the line, and we'll talk gardening with you. Back in a moment with um, uh, more of Dr. Calvin Finch, Dr. Jerry Parsons. I'm Milton Glick. This is 930 a.m. The Answer. Back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, okay, today may not be one of those days you're going to get out the yard, out in the yard and do that digging project, but there's going to be, uh, going to come up soon. And uh, by now, you know, uh, to remember on any project that you're going to dig and disturb the ground, uh, whether it's landscaping or in sprinkler install, the folks at CPS Energy want you to know you got to call 811 first or go online at texas811.org to have underground utilities marked. This is a free service, and it's the law. Texas law requires everyone to contact Texas 811 at least two working days before digging or doing any kind of ground disturbances. Now, keep in mind that violations could result in fines. Once utility um, locate uh, markers are in place, uh, once you know where they are and you can see them, you'll be able to see where it's safe to dig and avoid surprises like broken utility lines, fines, uh, all kinds of uh, trouble. So before you grab your shovel, Grab your phone, contact 811. 210-308-8867 is our number. Who do I call? Who do you call? What do you mean? 911. Oh, if you go out in the yard by yourself? If <laughs> yeah, you see if Jerry out, out there in the yard. It, if I'm out there digging. Yeah. The one number you need to call. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, or maybe if they have psychiatry. Maybe they can just come put markers in you. <laughs> oh, he's right over utility line. If you got to bury him here in the house, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I, I, I think I'm going to let Jeremy do all the digging. Okay. 
That's smart. Yeah. Have uh, you conferred with Jeremy on that? Yeah, he may not. No, uh, no. <laughs> that's uh goes with the territory. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Mark, remember that plant I showed you yesterday? Yeah. Uh, Mark gave me a uh, something he thought it was. Y'all can chime in if you want to. Where'd it go? I don't know. Oh, here it is. Uh, he thought it was uh, the uh, standing cypress. It's not very tall. Would stand- standing cypress be taller? Yeah. Okay. This was about a foot and a half to two feet tall. Hmm. He also said flame acanthus. Oh. But the stem looks like standing cypress. This is an interesting mystery plant now. <laughs> but, uh, what did we go through this? Yeah, we talked about it yesterday. Hmm. But I, uh, after the show, I, I'm going to text Mark a picture. Let's let Siri tell me what it is. All right, 210-308-8867. Uh, uh, oh, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, you want to come? Ipum, Ipum opus. Opisus. I Mopsis. It's amazing what you can learn when you go to the <laughs> University of Texas well, and study English. It kind of looks like it, but not really. It's a flowering plant. It's in the phlox family, commonly known as uh, standing cypress. Oh, okay. So, Mark, uh, oh, okay. Syria agrees with you. Scarlet gilia, Texas plume, flame flower, and Indian spur. Okay. Good. All right. What's well, that the, was exciting. What's the uh, verdict or what? Just kind of, it's kind of an exciting situation here, waiting for the Christmas trees to come. Yeah. Oh. Any theoretically, the first batch will be Wednesday. Oh wow. Technically oh. at eight a.m. But it's got to show up first before I believe it. Yeah. So the big old trees are coming? The Fraser firs are the first truck. Okay. But there's always traffic, so uh, with the weather like this, who knows whether they'll be on time. Well, I guess I, I guess I overstayed that because we already got some of the yeah. smaller we trees. Do have, we do have living trees in living stock. Living trees. Tell, tell us what what we got. Uh, rosemary, lavender, Aleppo, stone, Leland, Arizona cypress. Uh, and a juniper. I can't remember which name it is, but it looks kind of Christmas tree. And then Blue Point juniper. And I I like those uh, cards with the uh, with the the information on each of those varieties. And they they concentrate or t- talk about the uh, eventual. If you you know this is a living Christmas tree, so you're gonna. Potential is it's going to be part of your landscape. Here's the characteristics of it. Give it enough room. Get it in the right place. I'm going to steal those things so I can use them in my column. (laughs) The key, why we made the sign even more so, is that you don't have it inside very long. And I'm pretty sure we've all had a slight disagreement last year of how long to leave it in. It can stay inside. Oh, yeah. But in my mind, the less time inside, the better. That's true. But I I think we're all... can uh, can leave it inside 
longer than some than we think sometimes. But yeah, sometimes. You're, you're right. It's but a challenge. More of a challenge the more you leave it for, in. For best results, three days or less. Oh, three days or less. Okay. For best results, the longer you leave it in, the more decline will happen. Yeah. Okay. One of the most successful things to do with a with the bigger ones are like on the porch or a back patio or thing. Oh, yeah. That kind of, you get the combination. Decorate it, leave it on the porch or patio, haul it in Christmas Eve, haul it back out when everybody's gone. Is ideal. Okay. And don't move it in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. That's a pain. Even these are, you know, with with those uh, excellent... uh, Big containers. I mean, big uh, water basins. Yeah. Th- these are easier to deal with, but still, Christmas tree is a Christmas tree, and you got decorations on it. Now, last I checked, the decorations were not uh, built for uh, sturdiness for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> and the, once you put the water in that water <laughs> basin, it adds some extra weight. We're, to well, we're talking about two different kinds of trees, I think. Are you talking about cut trees or are you talking about live trees? Cut trees. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're talking about live trees. Yeah, we're talking about live trees. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, well, well, that, well, that's an important point. Is that when you're doing a live tree, uh, you got to plan for it, so it'll be you know you'll get the effect you want. It'll be very attractive. It'll be exciting, different. Uh, and then of course you get the extra dividend of it's going to be in your landscape. Yep. So we actually had a young family in yesterday. And, and they wanted to make a family tradition out of getting a living Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. So uh, we talked about them. I'm not sure what they decided on, but uh, it is a thing. So that each year they would add a new tree to their yard yeah. after they planted. Okay. That was their idea. That's a good idea. I like that. I think they were slightly discouraged when I said that the tree <laughs> that they originally were looking at was going to be 40 foot. No. But uh, how I, tall is 40 feet? That's the average size of a, of a tree. I was looking for other trees. How tall is that Montezuma cypress? <laughs> is that more 50. than 50? Okay, so about 10. Wow. Okay, even at 10 feet less than that's pretty tall. <laughs> well, it's about as tall as those. The oaks? Live oaks. Yeah. Okay. Look on the left side of your radio. You'll see those live oaks. That's about how tall it is. Right. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Sorry. I was just curious. So... Uh, I got an interesting question from uh, on Neil Ferris' question and answer. Uh, people do not understand or know how tough Purple Heart is. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> he said, is it possible to dig and divide Purple Heart ground cover? I know it's a perennial, but it doesn't really form clumps like most regular perennials. You don't have to worry about that. Okay. You do. (laughs) What you do is break off a little section of the stem, maybe four, four to five, six inches. Put it where you want to put it. Stomp it in the ground. Just stomp it. And it'll it'll take root and grow your bed in less than two years. 
Is this uh just stomp it on the ground. All right. That's the way I did the, under my trees. You know, it's very difficult to dig yeah, under and a, cultivate under uh, trees that have roots right on top of the ground. And, but that's uh, not as satisfying as taking your shovel uh, and cutting a square of soil with a little bit of root and, then, no. uh, and put it in a hole <laughs> and water it in. And I had... I had, Mine's easier, Milton. Yeah, what do you do? Run over it with the lawnmower with the bag off. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Oh. <laughs> and That's kind of just let, let it spread? That's you, kinda you, con- get a, you get a couple hundred that way. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of consistent with us when we collected at the at the office. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, and he, yeah, well, the truck is not here right now. Just put it in a pile in the back there. Yeah. And the next thing we knew, the pile in the back had spread all over <laughs> <laughs> I had a, a lady was uh, giving me home care there for a while, and uh, she's a very sweet lady. And she came in and she said, "She'd have uh, to be." To I was going to say, "Thank she, you." She said, That's "What we were all thinking." <laughs> <laughs> she said, uh, "Can I can I have a piece of that purple thing under your tree out there? Trees in front of yard." I said, well, I kind of love that plant, but I guess I'll hmm. give you a couple of pieces. I said, now, let me tell you how to, how to plant it. And I told her about, uh, <laughs> I said, don't worry about it taking root. Just take a four to five or inch cutting. And get as many as you want. You can cut the plant to the ground, my plant to the ground. And just take the take the uh, cuttings out there and just scatter under your tree. And I said, you don't have to try to worry about rooting it, uh, watering it, or anything else. It's like a perslane. Because she didn't know what a perslane was. No. But uh, <laughs> uh, next, next, uh, oh shit. The, ne- <laughs> the next, next, the next week. She came in and she said, I said, how's your purple heart doing? She said, oh, when I got, I wrapped it in moist paper. <laughs> yeah. And got, uh, when I got home, I, I immediately put it in water so it, it would root. I said, what did I tell you to do with that? And this is your caretaker. Keep in mind yeah, now that right, he's, yeah. he's now <laughs> and, uh, giving a hard time to him. I said, okay. She said, I'm, I'm going to wait till it roots and then plant it out. I said, that's not necessary. This is the meanest plant on earth. Uh, it's close to cactus. Mm. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, she said, it rooted this next weekend. Oh, my gosh, really? It rooted. Uh, really? That's pretty quick. In that water, huh? <laughs> they, I think some people use that uh, plant as a water plant. Okay. Water garden plant. But, because it'll grow in water, too. You think it's blooming now. Yeah, it's tough when it blooms. Yeah, it's pretty. But uh, I scolded her for it. Within, within three weekends, that thing had rooted outside under her tree in maybe two inches of soil 
mm-hmm. and was spreading over the whole area. Oh, my gosh. Just like I told everyone. Okay. So that is one damn good plan. I trade, We sell it here, and I asked Trace one time, I said, do you feel guilty about selling that thing? So <laughs> there, there are people See, out there that's the, the only thing they can grow. Yeah. 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 Here's the difference between Jerry and I. Yeah. I promote Cyclamen, beautiful promotes, flower, and Jerry yeah. promotes <laughs> Purple uh, Heart. He wants it tough. Purple yeah. Heart. Yeah. yeah. Purple uh, Heart has a pretty flower. Yeah. Like a little purple it does. Flower. It yeah, it does. does. But uh, uh, back when we had the uh, Trace, remember, we had the. Uh, Collect Purple Heart and take it to the nursery, and, and we had bags it. and bags and bags. Uh, <laughs> because we, we, we were—that's where our pile was. We we, in, we thought we were in a drought then, and so you drive around the south side, uh, well anywhere in San Antonio, but uh, it would be under trees that died from drought. Yeah, growing. the trees dead, but the yeah. So Purple Heart was not. Hmm. So Neil goes into this how to how to make it grow, uh, and he always says it's winter hardy. It's it's uh, as far as being more winter hardy, it dies to the ground with the heart first hard freeze, but reemerges from the ground the following spring or sooner around here with vigorous. Fresh growth, which is darker purple than your older plants were. Okay. So uh, I tell people, just uh, you know, once it gets big, that this was why I got such a good response from people that had big stands of them for years. Nobody would take touch them, take cuttings of them, because they thought they would be difficult to root. So. <laughs> When we told people to t- take them down to the ground during the drought and bring them into the local nurseries, uh, they couldn't believe it. And uh, I remember the comment we got here. He said, I'm glad you mentioned that or told people to do that because I had a huge bed of them <laughs> that I was scared to cut back because of snakes. They get that thick. And he said, I looked at that one day, and I had that huge bed of them. And then about a week later, after you got to talking about that, somebody, a lot of people, had come in there and cut that down, which I'd been neglecting to do for for weeks. And uh, <laughs> so that's where a lot of people, a lot of some people said, I remember when you introduced that plant to San Antonio. I said, I don't know when it was introduced to San Antonio, but it was thick. It was people used, uh, especially on the south side, used a lot of that stuff because it was so easy to grow. You yeah. couldn't kill it. No, I. Okay, I'm going to try some. We have some in the backyard. I'm going to try to move some under the oak. What? You have some, and you're going to try some? What are you, what no, no, I have some, but it's in the backyard. I'll try your method. Oh, okay. try to move it under the oak. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. 210-308-8867. 
We have more of Millburgers Gardening. Hey, it stopped raining. Um, more of Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, coming up live from Millburgers Landscaping and Nursery, 1604 on Boulevard Road on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The answer, let's talk about Prusky's, that great old-fashioned meat market in Atkins, Texas. Uh, Prusky's has been doing this since 2006, making folks happy and uh, serving outstanding uh, products, outstanding cuts of meat, uh, chicken, uh, some stuff that you can't get anywhere else, uh, like turkeys. So you can get turkeys, but I, I don't know where you get, like, rabbit. I don't know where you get uh, goose, except for Prusky's, but maybe there's some other places. But anyway, you can find it at all at Prusky's. And right now is the time to give Prusky's a call because they can uh, hook you up with uh, some great pre-cooked items for Thanksgiving or um, for Christmas, like Thanksgiving. They've got turkey. They've got ham uh, that's already done. They have the... Uh, um, uh, well, what was oh prime rib for uh, Christmas? If that's, and they can even do the sides. Uh, so, uh, and uh, I got another review. Last night I had the chicken kebabs. Okay. There, it's a it's a skewered breast as a skewered thigh, marinated, uh, and it's uh, wrapped around. Uh, Pork uh, chop? No, no, no. This isn't the. Yeah, that's a that's a pork ducking. That's <laughs> 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 um, but no, it's. Uh, Bacon wrapped with peppers uh, underneath oh. the bacon. It's really good. But it's not real hot. It's no, there is a jalapeno pepper. one, one yeah. too, but we didn't get the jalapeno one. Uh, but you'll find that. You'll find the uh, pinwheels that they have, the uh, the beef pinwheels, um, all kinds of such great stuff. It's got the old-fashioned butcher, too, so uh, uh, although they're not so old-fashioned in terms of age, uh, they'll uh, <laughs> give you good advice on how to prepare the stuff if you're not familiar with or tell them what you're planning, and they'll help you out, too, and you can even call them ahead of time, and they'll get you all connected. So you will not regret going to Prusky's Market there in Atkins, Texas, on Highway 87. Uh, and um, between 410 and 1604, you tell them you heard us talking about it. The number is 830-227-8322 and online at prusky'smeatmarket.com. But, man, try that chicken kebab. Do they have smoked turkey or smoked hands? Um, I'll find out. But I know you can get, like, the Thanksgiving turkey is smoked. Okay. So if you want to smoke Thanksgiving turkey, they've got a smoker. And yeah. I've tried to do that. I just can't get that damn thing to keep lit. Yeah, it's it's tough. That's why you want to go to a professional. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you can get the paper around it, right? There you go. Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw that coming. <laughs> you know what they say at Prisky's? I don't know. 210-308-8867. You don't Do an, know. I, I thought I reminded you. No, no. You told me earlier. I'm fine. Uh. <laughs> 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Oh, an outstanding sausage. I'll have to bring some sausage. Yeah. We'll cook it up here on the porch. <laughs> oh, Lord. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Is that, that, a, is that a safety hazard, you think, to that, be cooking? That, that, uh, when they were doing that corn. Uh-huh. You know. Oh, man. It was it was fairly warm outside, and all of a sudden, I guess the wind changed, and we got a 
a surge of yeah. heated air through here. <laughs> and I said, I thought you had brought the, yeah, uh, the, the heater? space heater. Yeah, well, they had to t- they kind of change the path available close to the... Uh, yeah, Because, uh, yeah, some of the... Some of the customers were cutting through there, and uh, had, they can, <laughs> I saw the staff get this big vision here. What if somebody ran into that burner there? <laughs> so they, ch- they, you know, blocked the path. But there you go. The smell was wonderful, <laughs> too, though, from the corn. Did you ever find out how they got that third animal in that in that? To Turkey, to Turkey. We we will talk to Edmund. I've seen, you've and, said that before, Milton. Yeah, I, I think I think they said three, three. It's turkey stuffed with duck, stuffed with chicken. They put the dickin ticking inside <laughs> the, the the chicken. <laughs> they put the we, chicken. We will let Edmund explain it, but yes, <laughs> uh, there's like a layer of stuffing between each one of the birds, and then it's cooked. Oh, okay. Yeah, I so. thought they just jammed it up though. Back. We will we will find out from Edmund. I don't, I don't think he's going to use the word jammed in any of his descriptions. I always wondered how fast that yeah, uh, chicken had to be, get going. Get uh, up that. Turf. I hope Edmund's not listening. All right, two one zero. If so, his head is in his hands. Yeah. How long's the contract? Can he? Uh, yeah, I don't know now. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. We'll have to get some. I wonder if he's got any prepared. Uh, I know other people that that have tried turducken and it's really good, especially with their cornbread stuffing. Man, I got to get you. You're going to have to get your insulin thing out yeah. for the cornbread stuffing because it's all bread. But <laughs> oh man, is it good? So can, is, can you have cornbread? Is it is the turkey? I mean, uh, we're not let's, let's, full, uh, full grown or we will find out. Oh. Well, I'll get you Edmund's number. You can call and <laughs> you, can, you can do some research. Okay. All right. 210-308-8867. going pretty fast. 210-308-STOP it. 210-308-8867. All right. How far up that? Uh, keep going. Uh, Just keep talking. <laughs> this uh, Neil Ferris got a, a question and answer, it's a, a, which, and I've heard this from a lot of old old-fashioned gardeners in uh, Tennessee and probably East Texas said, my mom used to put stones and chunks of broken flower pot in the bottom of the container when she transplanted things into new pots. I've seen people do that. You saw that. My wife, Judy. Oh, she did did that too? I I would throw them out and next, next time she'd been in there they were back in there. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> you didn't try to explain the uh, logistics of that? No, <laughs> you <no>. obviously <laughs> didn't know my wife, Judy. There did you it. go, I did. <laughs> she said it improved the drainage. Right. Is there a fact to that practice? Well, back in the older days, of course, they had a lot, they used a lot of uh, soil in their potting mixes. What was it, third sand, third soil? Third sand, third soil, and third um, organic material. Yeah, organic material. But they, they put that in there because that soil would would uh, get hard. Yeah, the, the point is you didn't need that extra drainage. Yeah, and I know somebody 
they're still doing that with some of their plants. Dorothy, oh. Weedy. Have you ever picked up one of her potted plants? Yeah. It's like lead in there. Is, it, is this smart to criticize Dorothy's gardening? Uh, well, no, notice I'm not saying anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and, but uh, Dorothy, if you, ma- if you mention that, she she just goes on with her business and yeah ignores you. <laughs> she's had she's had so much success and oh uh, yeah and uh, mm-hmm. has used it so long that, uh, that that's just the way she gardens. Yeah. Her mother probably did it and grandmother whatever. But anyway, then Neil answers that said uh, you won't find professional growers doing it. <laughs> that's what you're. They want to make their pots light, like so they can. All these pots out here, uh, if you put rocks or uh, broken pottery in the in the pot, make it too heavy to move around, and wouldn't be so bad in these number one pots, gallons. But look at the citrus. Look what they're they're in what five or ten mm-hmm. gallons. And uh, you start adding weight to those, you got something hard to handle. You, you ever notice that the the cyclamen, the difference in the soil that the they, well, in your uh, <laughs> uh, one the ones that we plant, used to plant in the shade and collect the seeds. So. Oh yeah, uh, blue bonnet. No, no. Uh, the, but I mean, there's some some plants that the professionals put a heavy the heavier sto- soil in. Yeah. And then, but most of them are that that light stuff that that we all complain about that you got to water every day to keep yeah. the thing moist. Well, you know, uh, when we started messing around <coughs> with orchids, which I never oh with, yeah, and they started selling them commercially, big time the people from Taiwan, I think, uh, brought out Dieter's nursery out here. But uh, they they used a very light potting mix and fertilized them every so often. When I just started doing, uh, doing a TV on them, uh, and that fella, the old man on the south uh East corner of San Antonio, uh, he he said, "Well, you have to plant them in fir bark." I said, "Fir bark? How how much further do you have to go to get fir bark? Pretty fir, man." Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and what did he say to that? <laughs> get out! Yeah, get yeah, out right. <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, that was a very loose, and uh, you c- couldn't use anything but fur bark. And uh, didn't fertilize them very often. Well, when, uh, doc- what was his name? Doctor, doctor, that name that you always get wrong? Not going there. Huh? Milton, you don't fun at all anymore. <laughs> I have learned I'm glad some to come things. up with some new stuff. Uh huh. There you go. But anyway, uh, he the he was the uh, orchid grower in the valley. And when you look at look up orchids on plantanswers.com, all the pictures that are on that 
website were taken in uh, in the valley in his greenhouse, hmm. and they are spectacular, big blooms and uh, big plants. All right. And uh, <laughs> I never forget we had we took some of the, our colleagues down there, professor, and I was the only one that had a camera. Oh no, hurry! We got to take a break in a second. Okay, but anyway, uh, he he started using regular potting mix. And just like you buy here at Millburgers, okay. and uh, fertilizing them with uh, soluble fertilizer. We're taking a break. Back in a moment. We're back with Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9:30 a.m. The Answer. On a drizzly day, it's kind of stopped. I don't see any uh, any uh, drizzle on the, the little puddles out there. But uh, we're here at Millburgers at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. We encourage you to come on out and uh, walk amongst the cyclamen. This is a good day, speaking of cameras, to take pictures, yes? Is this a good day to take pictures? Because it's overcast? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Other than a drippy rain, because can you, I, I can don't you, think it's really raining hard enough so can you get a a picture of rain on the cyclamen make it very artistic yeah. and do you have rain on any of your plant pictures little drops of rain or some of sometimes i care a, a, a misty bottle that's like cheating that. well the butterflies get in the way usually yeah the <laughs> he had that one plant that had 14 butterflies on it no. all, all on the straight line that was amazing <laughs> If you want it, we can make it. <laughs> okay. Well, I may try to take some cyclamen pictures in the rain. Okay. I'll see what I come up with. Well, I think they get you a Windex bottle. No, I want real raindrops. I don't want none of them fake raindrops. Well, the problem with the real raindrops is uh, a lot of times they don't hit the right spot. Oh, okay. And they won't form a drop. Oh. It's to stay on the leaf. Okay. But when you're using that Windex bottle... Yeah, you can control it. Well, but take the Windex out, of course, the bottle. Take the Windex you, out. Yeah. <laughs> you can spray it on there until you have got the drop that you want to take the picture. I'm guessing you want to do... Now, if you're going for the foliage, uh, it doesn't matter what color the bloom is. No. But for if you're going for rain on the flower, I guess you want a darker flower? Yeah. I don't know. if Can you get pictures of rain on white? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. be good. Okay, I'll go look at plant answers and it's, see what you've done. Do several. Try several colors. Okay, I'm going to try that. Uh, to finish Neil's uh, question about the pot, flower pots yeah. at the bottom of the container, he said uh, there uh, you won't find professional growers doing it. Instead, they use growing media that are highly organic and quite porous. A horticulture perlite or expanded shale can also be added to provide good aeration. And uh, some people believe the stones keep the roots from growing out the drain holes Mm. and into the soil beneath the pot. Wrong, wrong, wrong. What does Neil say? I had a plumber over to my house. Uh, yesterday, uh, yet a couple of days ago, and uh, 
he was getting roots out of the sewage line that had grown and stopped up the toilet. And uh, so they were they were having to pull those out. Now those those roots had gone in the crack, <laughs> in the, on and toward the pipe. Now people always ask us, "Can I plant that tree close to the house? And it won't will it get in my mm-hmm. in my water or or in my in foundation?" But we t- always tell them, if there's no not a water leak, why would roots go into a foundation? I mean, they're after water. They don't like dry concrete. So uh, anyway, they got the roots out and uh, sealed it off the best they could. But those roots will find a way out of that pot. Yeah. Well, you know, they're just as likely... Roots are just as likely to find a way in a pot. Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. And because they, if the the rocks are there, I'm inclined to think that it's even easier for the roots to get in. But if you've got big containers and you've got, like, cyclamen going in a container or uh, oh, some uh, other colorful plants or something, and you water them and your, your shade trees, they find... A, yeah, that's what happened to you, wasn't it? Oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> yeah several several times. Well, and it, and it's uh, characteristic of our soil. Yeah, we haven't. If you don't have three foot or six foot of organic material down there, the uh, those roots and those trees, they're got to find some other yeah. salt water sources. They want to <laughs> continue to grow. Yeah, so, I, uh, so it's a, it's just a. I I think it's a. It's almost impossible to stop it completely, but then you, if you keep in mind what those characteristics are and avoid the rocks and uh, occasionally lift the those pots up so that they break yeah. that, break that uh, yeah. root growth from going in there and everything, then, then you uh, save a lot of uh, discomfort and problems. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, now, what if you've got a container that doesn't have a drainage hole? Can you, you're can you're you a use fool. Well, besides being a fool, you gotta have <laughs> you gotta have drainage holes. Can, can, can you raise it out of the by doing your rocks and broken pots and all that? You're kind of raise the pot. Yeah, you're raising the roots, and the, then the roots have to jump up there and get in there and melt it. Okay. But uh, but <laughs> Neil does uh, yeah. address that. He says some people believe stones keep out the roots from growing out the drainage holes into the soil beneath the pots outdoors. But you can accomplish the same thing either by lifting the plants up every month or so mm-hmm. or by setting the pots uh, atop bricks are concrete stepping stones so they will not make direct contact with the soil so you you turn that turn that pot periodically okay but uh, uh, now there's a lot of people older people uh, that'll fuss at you about that 
their, their grandparents put that pot, those pots in there. Uh, their mo- my mother did it in Tennessee, so it's a age-old, age-old uh, practice. And I'll tell you what, if Dorothy says it works, mm-hmm. I accept yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going you with know Dorothy. That, you notice I never have uh, tried to convince Dorothy. No. To quit putting those pots or uh, putting rocks and stuff in there with pots. How's Dorothy's garden look? Huh? Do what? How does Dorothy's garden look? Oh, uh, it's so-so. Huh. <laughs> is, is he going to find his tires cut when he gets out to the parking lot? <laughs> a note from Dorothy? Yeah, that's spe- <laughs> spectacular. And Dorothy's uh, got good helpers, too. That help it will happen okay. with it. What yeah. did you say? She is eighty-five. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And her, yeah, her, her daughter and her son-in-law. So I guarantee you, her mother did that too. Put those broken pots in there. And my mother did the same thing. When uh, <laughs> she had pots around the house, uh, uh, with some of her uh, Christmas plants that she got in them. And uh, when she passed and uh, some of the plants died, I'd knock them out and they'd have those broken pots in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. <laughs> 210-308-8867. What else does Neil have to say? Huh? Does Neil have anything else to say? Well, yeah, always. Oh. Always. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I want to mention also they got my favorite winter plant in uh adgeratum am i saying that wrong alyssum 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 the white one the fragrant white one and they've they've separated them out there and i had uh jeremy's girlfriend smell them to see if she could see if she could smell them and she okay she could and did she get some I'm getting, I think I'm going to get them today. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, that, you don't need an imagination to smell. No. Listen, no. they they got a very nice fragrance. Oh, yeah. I always put them in the same league with uh, stocks, sweet yeah. peas, and uh, alyssum. But oh. they're much cheaper. Yeah. In most uh, cases, they are. I can't find out if they're... I don't know if they're cheaper than sweet peas, but they're certainly easier to <laughs> well, grow. Well, there you go. They're longer blooming than sweet peas. Yeah, and more reliable. But I don't, I never, I couldn't, I looked at all the deer-proof lists, and it's it's not on Forrest's list, and it's not any list I could find. As far as the deer? That they, yeah. So I don't know. So as you look at the list, um, because you brought it up yesterday, are fragrant plants... More likely to be on the deer-resistant list. Oh, what? Fragrant plants. Oh, well. No. Depends on uh, the fragrance, I think. Like that uh, uh, marigold, uh, what we call it, winter marigold, a calendulus, uh, you know, that's been on sale for a while. That's on several lists. It's but deer not resistant. on forest. Oh, okay. What about stocks? Will deer eat stocks? I'm not sure that they're deer-proof, but okay. we don't, most of us don't plan Why don't we get Calvin to put his outside the fence? Sure, that'd be good. Or I can sneak over and open the gate sometime. 
Well, I, I do know that... If you that find they, Jerry sneaking over your gate, call 911. <laughs> <laughs> last, last time the deer got in, which uh, wasn't too long ago, there were about five of them. Uh, they did not get the stocks. In fact, though, I could not tell what they were eating, if anything, out there. They were. I guess there were so so many well, weeds the, and things to choose from that they didn't <laughs> have to be too fussy. Was uh, rosemary? I saw that one just now. No. Do they like rosemary? No. no. Okay. Uh, the uh, that's that's really fragrant. Well. Well, Texas mountain, Texas mountain laurel is really fragrant, and they don't they don't like that. Uh huh. See, but it's only blooms for like two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we're uh, we usually the uh, what am I trying to think of the Mexican mint marigold. Okay. They won't touch that. Hmm. And that's a, a native plant too, but uh, they won't touch it. Licorice because it smells, so, uh, smells just like it's licorice. so <laughs> pungent. And uh, I don't think that. Well, I know it's on several deerproof lists uh, with food and marigolds. Yeah, up north, either the northern list. List marigolds. I don't. Oh, okay. I don't know if we have that on Forrester's list or not. Let me go look. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it is, but it may be because they. <laughs> this person that uh, wrote the northern list uh, said marigolds repel everything, all pests. I've seen. I've seen some <laughs> some of those kind of statements. Says. And, uh, because they must have different deer than we do. Or <laughs> now, what about Dianthus? I was wondering about. Um, I don't know. Yeah, my I was thinking of. I've got several Dianthus still growing, but they're inside the fence, so I'm not real sure. But uh, but I somehow I've just never noticed that they've been deer have been after them, like. You know, pansies, if you got them planted anywhere near the yeah. fence or anything, you uh, it's obvious they would yeah. love to have those. Or roses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Daylilies, even. Day but the, I, I think the, the stomp down, they have a lot certain flowers that they stomp down, they don't necessarily eat. And uh, that does, does away with the plants just as much as eating does. So anyway, but the neat thing about this alyssum that he's got out here uh, is that uh, there's two kinds. There's a there's a white one, and then there's kind of a rusty red one. But it's not pretty red. It's it's I thought I don't think it's bright enough to be called red. You know, but it's it does. What about the purple one? You don't call it purple? A valisum? Yeah, there's kind of there's a pur- purple one that it's not not as a steady bloomer as the yeah yeah. But it's, it's the white one, but it's pretty good and it's very attractive when it's blooming. I think this white one is kind of a interspecific cross. In hmm. other words, that. Uh, I think we made that 
a Texas Superstar. I know I took pictures of it at the Botanical Garden for Superstars. But, uh... Well, anybody out there that's uh, into Alyssum, and uh, we haven't, I haven't seen the, the purple uh, on the market yet for a while, but uh, let, let us know what kind of experience you've had with it. Do I need to worry about a uh, deer with my purple heart? The deer what? Purple heart. Purple heart. Oh, hell no. <laughs> they can't eat it fast enough. Okay. We're going to take it's a quick break. a little break. bit like honeysuckle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, give us a call. Tell us what's on your gardening mind at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM. The answer. South Texas on 9.30 a.m. The answer. Uh, don't forget those pests that are running around in your house that you've been meaning to do something about or maybe you've been trying to do something on your own and you're just not having any success. Give Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control a call. You've heard Warren Remy on the show. Warren has been doing this since 1976. Right now what he's noticing is people are calling about uh, mice, rats, termites. So these are things to look out for. And uh, Spider-Man can help you to uh, get rid of them and keep them gone. At Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control, your web of protection since 1976. They've been helping homeowners and businesses alike to remain pest-free. 210-656-3721. 210-656-3721 for Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control. Or go online to uh, GoSpiderManPest.com. That's GoSpiderManPest.com. I'm embarrassed by my son. You know, I hunt roaches. I thought you. I thought you. That's that's what I do. Thought you'd made peace with them. No, no, no. I've got a, a few uh, record roaches in there that I <laughs> that have outsmarted me. Uh huh. But uh, I hunt them. Uh, how many point roaches have you gotten? <laughs> a lot. Okay. And I leave them leave them all over the floor so there'd be warning to the other roaches. I don't know if that works, but okay. <laughs> And uh, but lately I've been kind of getting dizzy, and sometimes the roaches are on the ceiling, and I have to stand in the bed <laughs> with a flash water to hit them. Well, I've kind of decided not to do that anymore, since I might fall off the bed. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea not to do it. <laughs> but uh, so I called Jeremy. My son Jeremy in there. I said, Jeremy, come in here and help me get this roach off the ceiling. It's a stucco ceiling type of thing. And uh, you come in there with either a little box, a pasteboard box, or some, some type of glass, and put over the roach and take the roach outside and release it. Mm-hmm. Now, that ain't a parson there, buddy. We go in for the kill. Uh-oh. 
Well, that's a different story than you've been. We've been hearing from you. Yeah, we heard <laughs> your <laughs> affection for roaches. We heard you sitting uh, sitting down watching TV with the roaches. Uh, 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 well, uh, because of my increasing age, I don't like to get climb. I don't like to climb. Seems smart. But Jeremy, letting catching and releasing roaches. Mm-hmm. What has happened to that boy? Have you explained this to Jeremy? Yeah. And what does he say? He just keeps catching them and releasing them. Okay. I said, what What kind of Parsons is that? We're hunters and, and killers and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, wait a minute. There's still a longer list. Irrational. No. <laughs> <laughs> Unreasonable. For the whole list, Calvin's next article next week, <laughs> next Saturday, will be yeah. in. <laughs> uh, the, uh, I'm back to this uh, Dallas Arboretum uh, plat trial list. Mm-hmm. Said uh, they talk about what terrible summer they had. And uh, <laughs> said the, the biggest ch- ch- challenge for our trials this year was the unrelenting heat wave combined with an unforgiving dry spell. That kind of sounds like we had, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. These conditions made it difficult to accurately evaluate the entries. That is exactly opposite from the way we do it. When we we have conditions like that, unrelenting heat wave with an unforgiving dry spell. All you got to do is plant them out there, plant your entries out there, give them a normal watering, and what dies you obviously don't recommend. Okay. If you have to overwater them to keep them alive. So we, we <laughs> that's the way we chose uh, Esperanza and uh, Gold Star, Esper- Gold Star uh, uh, Esperanza. Yeah. But but anyway, the uh, also the uh, <laughs> the uh, Esperanza and Sinisa and those types of plant things like that. We just drove around to some houses that that don't water at all. And see what's living and blooming. Firebush, that's what I think. Oh, okay. And uh, they, very few people water firebush. And, or even Esperanza. Seems to do okay. But they do okay. Yeah. And you go to El Paso or to uh, Laredo, that's what you see in almost every landscape. Mm-hmm. Even the graveyard. What about the Poinciana's? Because uh, don't they water those very yeah, much? Yeah, they're they're okay. Okay, <laughs> but they weren't. I I think they're in Laredo now. But uh, yeah, they they do. They came out of the desert. I mean, oh, okay. to, to grow in the desert. Uh, these conditions made it very difficult to accurately evaluate the entries. No, it eased. It was easy to evaluate. You could do it. If, 45 miles an hour in a pickup truck. <laughs> what's dead and what's alive? But what if what if it is like our 
uh, those long grass trials we did were everything everything that was in the uh, yes. four inch or less soil was dead yeah so, so there was uh, no 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 winners <laughs> so you, you have to kind of re recycle either change the plants you're looking at or try to find some uh, variation of those plants so yeah sometimes but, it can be pretty complex yeah what was the uh, the ones that uh, the for floor time and what was that I was just what four inches or so or? no well there was the four inch was the the, the soil we yeah targeted but the ones it was like uh, seven inches or eight inches the one where we did not uh, monitor the depth closely, but that's where they they survive. No, every almost every almost every grass survived. Uh, the, the question became when did they recover? Yeah, that's when your 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 you know yeah. floor tam recovered quickly and yeah and uh, the Bermuda recovered quickly and so and our, our new this new grass uh, the floor tam. Plus, I guess uh, it's supposed to have more drought yeah, problems. Yeah, Milton, can you remember? You remember the name, don't you, for us, for the floor time relative that was that you can use Roundup on and it's oh, uh, drought resistant. Provista. 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 Yeah. Yeah. See, we we would expect that that Provista would have uh, out uh, competed everybody in that uh, test. It'll be interesting to see as. As the more and more research results come in, <laughs> how it does. And uh, they continue. They say some of the plants may do well under more average conditions, but struggled under the conditions in our era. We primarily overcame this challenge by increasing our summer irrigation level. That's all you need to do is take notes. You don't need to increase the level. Whether that be by increasing the total time allotted to a zone per day or increasing the frequency of the irrigation program. We don't like to do that in San Antonio. We try to (laughs) use mulches and things like that to cut down on our irrigation, trying to save water. Yeah. That's what Calvin taught us years ago. Mm-hmm. He was the water czar, you know. Uh, but the the plants that came out on top were very, very interesting and surprising. They list Vinca, of course, uh, Volcano Polka, 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 Polka. And Vinca, volcanic peach. And what the other two that really showed out and surprised everybody was Ipomea, a sweet Carolina, Caroline upside down key lime. That's a sweet potato. And then there's another sweet potato that surprised everybody. Uh, one called Ipomea, uh, upside down, a sweet car- Caroline, upside down black coffee. I don't know where in the wow. hell they get these names. 
but uh, <laughs> let's see, they they're bragging about how much uh, heat they had, but it wasn't as much as we did, as long as we've had. Uh, but let's see the uh, the impressive plants this year. Sweet Caroline that I just mentioned. Car uh, Sweet Caroline upside down key lime and upside black coffee sweet potato vine from Proven Winners. Company of Proven Winners. These plants performed admirably no matter what the, when they were planted or what type of child. What we don't even know what they are. What 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 good, good are they? Your your uh, who's uh, Trace's old boss? Uh, uh, would have called us in and said, "Why are you testing those uh, plants? We don't even have access yeah. to those." You know. <laughs> Well, that, that sweet potato has, has uh, wowed me because, uh, of course, I did my research at Mississippi State for the masters on sweet potatoes, but I never thought of them being that heat tolerant, even though I guess they're from Africa. Uh, where it's the hot deserts over there. Do they show a picture of the uh, Sweet Caroline upside black, cough, upside black coffee? <laughs> no. Oh, here it is. You want to see it? Did it? Yeah, I have this on. Okay. It's kind of interesting. Calvin, can you yeah. see Oh, that's good, though. Nice, uh, and, nice and purple. <laughs> and the volcano peach and the volcano polka dot pinka. Vinka. Oh, okay. I need to look that up. Uh, look up at volcano peach. Volcano uh, peach. Volcano, like the volcano. Peach. Okay. I'm looking it up. Volcano uh, series there from uh, Seed Company. I've never heard of. Hmm. I'm not seeing that. Okay. The plants performed well throughout the spring and summer trial. The coloration of the flowers was also gorgeous. The peach color was actually a true peach color with an orange undertone that is not typically found in other Vinca series, which tend to have a more of a pink undertone. But uh, it gets back to that sweet potato thing. Never did I, I think, that uh, the sweet potato vines would be used in landscape planting. Yeah. And I'm talking about at the dry areas and uh, at the entrance to... Uh, uh, Botanical garden? Yeah. Well, and just to uh, all... Uh, the parking lots. Parking and lots and everything else. Uh, but... They sure have proven that. Uh, I guess Marty Baker yeah. would give us give us a lead now. That just, they're all over the nation and all over Europe. And w the prediction by Greg Grant was proven correct yet again. Oh, I remember you tried to tell Karen Guz one time she couldn't grow grow it in the shade. 
<laughs> she told you differently. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what we made, thought about. But uh, there, uh, sweet potato is one of your favorite plants, Milton. Yeah. When you take a cutting, mm-hmm. and there's no up or down to it. Yeah. Like it is with other cutting, so you can stick it upside a cutting upside down, and it'll root. A cutting or a part of the sweet potato. Cutting. Okay, so f- one of the the vine. The vine. Okay. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I imagine people that have grown sweet potatoes in glasses mm-hmm. on the on the kitchen at the kitchen window. I guess every kid has done that, but uh, it wasn't such a spectacular event when you realize that they're root upside down or whatever. Uh, when we plant commercial sweet potatoes, we protect flip slips. Right from the from the mother root, and uh, but you want slips if you're trying to plant them. Yeah, you don't, huh? Well, if you're trying to plant them, if you're taking the sweet potato that you've kept in that place, it, it fell behind the microwave. Yeah. All right. Now it's now it's got little things all over, little eyes and slips. You just cut those and put them in the. Yeah. Okay. Cut the cut the cut. Take the cuttings. Put them upside down. All right, we're yes. going to take a, oh, sorry. Go ahead. We're going to take a quick break while we do. Give us a call 210-308-8867 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on Millburgers uh right from here from Millburgers at 1604 on Boulevard Road on 9:30 a.m. The answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 a.m. The answer, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. I was trying to see with the weather being the way it might be this week, which is uh, basically rainy until Monday night or tomorrow night, then Partly sunny during the week and sunny, high 74, uh, lows in the mid-50s. Anything uh, that you're saying to yourself, okay, it's perfect weather to start doing something? Well, it's a pretty good weather for all those winter annuals we talk, talk about, the vegetables yeah. and the greens. And uh, one of the questions came out, Jerry, on the... Broccoli, you know, I talked about if you if you planted it six weeks ago, you'll be harvesting it for Thanksgiving. If you plant it right now, it'll be a little after it'll be after Thanksgiving. Um, and we talked about onions coming on the market. Yeah, are we supposed to get some? We didn't ask Trace. We were going to ask for. Uh, well, Trace, Trace, Evelyn. It, it sounded like a lot. Uh, a lot of folks, uh, suppliers have kind of reverted to the uh, a little more conservative date. Like <laughs> in the old days, we or we talked about uh, well near nearly December first sometimes or in yeah, middle of November. At least. Yeah. Uh, well, Christmas onions. Yeah, planting them uh, Christmas uh, December first at least. Okay. But. Uh, 
Uh, I think Trace heard his name. That, that, that's, that's. I think Trace mentioned that he he's coming over here with, many times. Yeah, no. coming over here with purpose. <laughs> yes. Did you did you hear your name? Or did he hit his head on? The- this is my rendition of the amazing Karnak. Uh-huh. I don't know when the onions are going to get here. Okay. Historically, they would ship on a Monday and they'd show up here on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay. But now we know how to get you to the porch. Bad, bad weather. <laughs> yeah. Uh, could always set things back. So I don't know okay. if they can harvest, so, but. Theoretically, they should be here soon. Good. Okay. Uh, anybody interested, they can call up here, leave their number for the wish list. Evelyn. And we can give them a holler when they actually walk through the door. Good. Let, okay, let's Evelyn. Let's do like them. we did last time and give them that list of uh, those onions. That, uh, the gardeners were fascinated by that a list, and I couldn't remember all of it. We got 10-15 for sure. 10-15 Y. Uh, the... Uh, Texas Sweet, uh, so there are three yellows. So Grand X, 1015 Wine, Texas Legend. Legend, that's one. Then there's Red Creole, which is the most pungent. Yeah. And then there's uh, Southern Bell, which is the normal one. And then in white, there is. Bermuda? For, I think it's Bermuda and something well, that says. White Grand I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> So there's a lot of a lot of choices, and then uh, one of the options Jerry and I have been promoting for years uh, is a uh, plant plant uh, them every four inches or so in the row, and uh, harvest the uh, at least every other one or every or two out of the three for green onions and, and let plant them get one plant one deep, plant one shallow, plant one deep, plant okay. one shallow, and the other things remember and, but that pull the deep ones. And these these Pull guys, the deep ones? Right. The deep ones are the ones that are going to be the table onions. Oh, okay. So what's underground turns to onion. Okay. And so, remember that... So I've heard. Okay. Remember that onions require a lot of fertilizer to develop fully. So, so rock phosphate in the trench. And if you are cheap like me, ammonium sulfate side-dressed. If you're organic, blood meal will accomplish the same thing at a higher price. Okay. So they're they're attractive. They're relatively easy to uh, to grow, but you uh, and you could grow one anywhere, Milton. You could stick it in the side of uh, Vinny if he was still around. Side of what? Vinny. Oh, okay. Vinny no, Vinny's gone. Okay. I got a I got got a new one. I got to protect through the uh, winter. I, well, you could put an onion I, in I, Vinny's pot. The orange one. Now the orange one's still fighting to stay alive. So I gotta, I gotta move it so we can put. We, Laura bought some cyclamen yesterday here, so uh, we gotta clear that pot out and put cyclamen in. What about our uh, spinach too? Have we got a replenish supply of. We have some spinach. We got spinach. Yep. There's uh, quite a few vegetables. Uh, unfortunately, the strawberries didn't happen. No. So Did yet or at all. Uh, yet uh, from that supplier at all. Uh, okay. So I think there's another one around the corner that said they were going to have some. So we'll uh, we'll give that a shot. Hey, we got Bert on the line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Got a blue bonnet question. Hey, Bert, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Pretty good, but good weather for duck hunting. <laughs> but <laughs> I got. But I was one. They said that I was looking up hummingbird plants because we y'all had been talking about it the last couple of weeks, and I heard that uh, 
some I was researching it said that hummingbirds kind of like blue pines. I found out that the the blue bonnet is in that same family. Uh, did hummingbirds actually go after blue flowers as well as red? Oh yeah. Uh, just trying to think of what. Let's see their favorite. Do they see color? Would be my first question. No. Yeah. They go after they go after firebush for sure. They go after zinnias. Every color of zinnias, yeah. as far as I can tell. Oh. And, okay. Uh, so they. Well, even even uh, our friend uh, Blue Mist, uh, Mist Flowers, mm-hmm. they'll go after them, which surprises me a little there, bit. There were two or three fighting over my uh, dwarf firebush yesterday. Yeah, they love that firebush. Uh, yes, and, wait, and they sure can fight. They're like little aerial jet fighters and such. I think they get they get used to what they they may get start they start with an orange and a yellow, but. Doesn't take them long to get used to whatever you got. You know, like those zinnias, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll right. get whatever color you so got. Kind of, kind of like looking for leftovers in the refrigerator. You get the good stuff first, <laughs> then you go after the other later. Well, I got one. I got one thing. I was listening yesterday. I didn't call in, but I heard the lady that said uh, she was talking about red beans and rice and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Uh, well, I'm from. Yeah, you know, I'm from outside of New Orleans, Araby, down the river and stuff. And uh, I always use Patton's hot sausage. Now, I know they're on the North Shore now. You can still get it. You can order it. But that's what I always put in my red beans. And what kind of sausage? Hot so- it's, uh, it's called Patton's, P-A-T-T-O-N-S. And it's been, they've been around since before, oh, man, almost probably about 100 years. They started in Chalmette and moved to the, uh, started in the Ninth Ward, moved to Chalmette, and then Katrina forced them to the North Shore. So, uh We'll have to. But get still, pardon me. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish up. Sorry. Oh no. I mean, they, she can just find them online if that. She was asking about sausages to use. That's just the one that I use. I, I like it. It's hot. It's a beef-based sausage. Uh, it's a very spicy Creole sausage. That's all I can say. We'll have to get Edmund over at Brewski's to see if he can create uh, a recipe for red beans and rice for us. I'll be the game pig. Okay. All right. All right. Thank well, you, I'll tell you, you know, you have a good one, and y'all uh, stay safe and warm. You too. You too. All right. Yep, 210-308-8867. Lulu is on the line. Hey, Lulu. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. I've been out in the garden weeding. Oh, Okay. This okay, is our so this, have, is, this is our Lulu, right? Uh, ought to be yeah, easy to pull it. Is. Okay. <laughs> With this All nice right, rain, it's it should be the, easy. Oh yeah, it, it's great out there. Um, even when it's raining, I'm still out there because it's so rare. Uh, I have the blue bonnet seeds coming up from the former um, blue bonnet plants that I have, uh-huh. and um, they're out. Well, they're out in my yard, but they're at the school garden. And the kids were so excited. Oh, look, they're coming up. And I was like, oh, we're so going to have to So they recognized them without oh, the yeah, flowers? Yeah. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Good yeah. job. <laughs> but they're looking at them, and I said, oh, we're going to have to thin those. And one child said, well, what does that mean? And I said, well, they're sort of one on top of each other, and they're going to compete with each other for nutrients. Well, what does that mean? Well, we're going to have to pull them. Tears all over the place. Crying. <laughs> Next child starts crying. Oh, no, no, it's okay. Well, this is my favorite part. They said, 
well, you need to call the doctor. And I was like, what? You need to call the plant guys. You need to ask them. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so their question is, how um, much space do these seedlings need to have in order to do well? Um, I'm how far should how far apart do they have to? What's I guess the minimum space apart? She wants to know how many to, how many to pull per square foot to have the right amount. Yeah, Gosh, I I hesitate to pull any. <laughs> okay, well, the, well they'll yeah. be happy. <laughs> they given we, since we started uh, doing the uh, seeding, direct seeding. Uh, I tell the because every, every year the farmer calls and says, "There's no blue bonnets up out here." You know, we we planted the seed, scarified it, all that stuff, but we haven't got any blue bonnets. As I said, what? <laughs> and so I would go out and look, and they had blue bonnets, uh, pl- pl- seedlings. 10 to 12 inches apart, which is uh-huh. the right spacing. Uh-huh. So, uh, of course, in nature, uh, they plant them close. You know, they come up 6 inches or Irregularly, yeah, some of them 10, 12 inches, some of oh, them yeah. 12 inches. Yeah. Yeah. But get, if they give it growing right and fertilize them a little bit, uh, a blue bonnet typically gets... Covers uh, 12, 12 inches, a foot, foot square. Right, well, we, right. We we used to, for a while, we were promoting the idea of uh, planting uh, blue uh, blue bonnets to follow up. Uh, what was the other plant that we planted with the blue bonnets? Uh, Bermuda. We planted them in Bermuda. No, the flower. Really? No, and no. Oh, oh, pansies. Larkspur. Lar- no. I don't think uh, it was Larkspur, but in, anyhow, the the blue bonnets say, started, you know, the f- other flowers dominated in the spring, yeah. and then the blue bonnets started growing, and before you knew uh, it, you couldn't even see the <laughs> see the other flower, because they they can get pretty Yeah, yeah they get aggressive. big, they get, uh, yeah. especially if you fertilize them. That's right, and they're in a good uh, soil situation. Yeah, but I don't know yeah they're you, in they're in good soil and stuff. That, I mean, but they're like right on top of each other. Pansies. Oh, now you've the the fate of Lulu's uh, children's emotional well-being is on the line here. Okay, should she pull them up and thin them, or should she? Uh, oh hell no. Okay, there we go. Well, what color did she plant? Scar the children. I know. What color did she plant? What color oh, did she plant? They're the ladybirds. The ladybird. Oh, okay. Ladybird oh, blue. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, you you may have some some stand some regular blue bonnets with the ladybirds, and they're okay. not as dark blue as ladybirds are. Right. And, and uh, so, if you want a pure stand of ladybirds for the seed next year, you'll have to pull some of those uh, regular normal colored blue bonnets out of there. But with kids, you better not try that. Because they, they probably won't be able to see the difference. 
So, I know they're pretty smart. Now Lulu's <laughs> gardening reputation is on the line too. Yeah, yeah. So she can she can feel comfortable not pulling up any or thinning, oh, yeah. thinning these blue yeah. bonnets. Okay, especially with ladybird. Well, she can really go back to there and remind everybody, but that in nature, yeah, there's no right. uh, there's no uh, spreading no or yeah, yeah. You, you every, don't you don't do any thinning in yeah. nature. Every seeding well, population has. Most plants in the seeding population are different from each other. Mm -hmm. So keep us informed. Oh, yeah. Well, I did have a chance. That's pretty exciting to get that news. We've been kind of talking about it all along, that they should be coming up. And larkspurs, too, should be coming up. What's that? We have those in the garden, too. I I haven't seen them yet, but um, I've seen some in my yard. They have a tiny, tiny little head. I'm like, oh, that and poppies. Oh, yeah, the poppy? I haven't seen yeah. any poppies yet either. Did you have another question, Lulu? I'm, oh, um, I, one of the kids brought a, a little um, bag of, of uh, blue bonnets and wanted to know if he could dump them in there and see if they would come up. I said, well, we can try. So well, I, he, we wanted to know, is it too late still, or do we have enough time? Oh, is it too late plant to plant blue bonnets by seed? The what? Is it too late to plant blue bonnets by seed? Yeah, it's never too late, especially if they're scarified. Mm. Yeah, they're these come, are scarified. They'll, they'll be okay. up in 10 days. Oh, okay. Okay. There you go, well, Lulu. That's cool. Where'd All right. Where did you get the acid? No, I think they. I think she. I think she bought them. They bought them like on a seed rack. Oh, I was. I was looking at the cash register up here yesterday. And uh, Trace has got the pack, lots of packages of blue blue bonnets. Oh, good. From Wildsea. Oh, cool. Okay. And we do have a couple of one-pound bags. Oh, oh but, wow. But, but, oh, not, but not from them. Oh, okay. they, they didn't have any to offer, so we found mm-hmm. another source. Yeah, Are they scarified? I can't no. answer that question. No. They don't look <laughs> it. No, oh, okay. That's a lot of seed. Well, thank you, guys. Thanks, really Lulu. Yeah, the kids will be very happy. Yeah. Keep us informed. We're, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us what happens. Yeah, especially with I the mean, seeds, too, because 10 days will yeah. be a little bit longer. She does it tomorrow, you know. Yeah, yeah, after Thanksgiving, they'll come back and see some little seedlings popping there up. There you go. So they'll be okay. excited. There you go. Okay. Thanks, okay. Lulu. You take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We should be getting close to the time the... It's so unlike Jerry. It's so unlike Jerry to not want to scar the children. Yeah, tell them to pull them up and then pull them up and then just then beat them. Uh. Just beat those little seeds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're going to be beating the kids. That's true. We're going to begin to wrap up for today. Uh, but thanks to Al doing a great job getting all your calls all in the air. That's calls at the end. So remember, we start at noon. Uh, calls at the beginning. All right, we'll say goodbye for today. I'm Milton Glick. Uh, and you're, of course, listening to Millburgers Garden in South Texas on 930 a.m. This is The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.